The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Oh, hey there. Welcome to another fun, exciting, action-packed, sexy. It's probably not sexy. Maybe it is. If you're fucking weird, I don't know. Edition of the Very Poorly Made Police Podcast. I am your host, Lenny. I hope this uh, podcast finds you well, whatever you happen to be doing at this moment in time. This podcast, I have a cop from South Dakota who happens to be vacationing in the fine country, island of Cuba. First time talking about South Dakota on the podcast, I think. A lot of interesting stuff came up. South Dakota is kind of its own little world out there, so... Uh, we talk about his career. He started up in jail, moved his way up, and is out on patrol now. We talk about academy stuff. We actually talk about National Guard stuff. All kinds of cool stuff in this episode, so I think you guys will enjoy it. Before we get going to the podcast, got to give big thanks to the sponsors of this episode. This podcast is brought to you by WNC Public Safety Services. Public Safety Services is a full-service emergency vehicle upfitter servicing North Carolina, Georgia, South Carolina, And the great state of Tennessee, the owner of PSS has over a decade of experience working in law enforcement, giving him a unique perspective into the needs of emergency service departments. PSS sells and supplies departments all over the country with top brands and industries such as Havis, Whelan, Jotto Desk, Panasonic, Fenix, and much more. Check out their website, wncpublicsafetyservices.com. Stop buying equipment from guys behind desks. Start buying equipment from guys besides you in the trenches. And I talked to the owner a little bit more. He's a sergeant and a canine handler. He owns this company. It's uh, six other first responders that work with him. And they put stuff in the car the way you'd want it into the car. They actually know where this stuff's supposed to go instead of just some rando guy that works at the radio shop. So check these guys out. If you're not in a position to make those kind of decisions for your department, go tell your department to check these guys out. Um, The owner's awesome dude. I've talked to him. He's fucking fantastic. So... Give these guys some business. Now, before we get into the podcast, I have a special announcement to make. In a about a week or so, I'm going to be recording the year anniversary podcast. It'll be one year doing the podcast. It won't be exactly on the date, but it, it kind of fits pretty close. So I thought we should do something fun and special for it. Now, here's where you guys come in. Some lucky listeners are going to be able to take part in the podcast. It's going to be the state of the podcast podcast, and then uh, then whatever the fuck happens podcast. Uh, 
So a lucky few of you will be on the podcast. Here's what you need to do. I want you to look at your calendar if you're interested in this. If you're interested in this, look at your calendar. Look at what you're doing on July 27th. It's a Wednesday at 7.30 Central. So at 7.30 Central, starting at that time, I'll be recording a podcast. You can be a guest on that podcast, and then you'll have an opportunity to be involved in that podcast. If you are interested in being on the podcast and part of the podcast, and there may be some special guests in there, I need you to send me a message on Facebook or Instagram, or hell, even an email, with the code word Pickle Dick Whiskey. Only if you want to be on it, only if you're available during that time. If you are one of the selected few, I will send you a Zoom link and you'll be part of the podcast. So, you know what you need to do. Now, really quick, I wanted to give big thanks to the monthly supporters that keep this podcast going. I am humbled that anyone will listen to it and that be anyone uh, donates a few of their hard-earned dollars to keep this thing going. So, I really appreciate you guys. And I've got Alex, Nick, Jacob, John, Hunter, James, Matthew, Dima. I am terrible at pronunciations, so sorry. Ronaldo, Angie, Seth, Chris, Austin, Derek, Aaron, Casey, Dakota, Jemel, Kevin, Bill, Matthew, Patrick, Wyatt, Matthew, Patches O'Houlihan, Ron, Mason, Jason. That was a rhyme. And then one anonymous supporter, which I'm pretty sure when it came in, it said your mom's credit card. So thank you guys again for helping this train keep on rolling. And if uh, any of you guys out there want to help this thing go, you guys know what to do. Click the link at the end of the podcast, and you guys can be monthly supporters. All right. I'm not going to be a bum, and I'm play a little music for you. This is my good buddy, Greenwood, a.k.a. Brownlow, and we'll be right back with my good buddy, from South Dakota. We've only got a few nights till you're taking your flight back home. We only hop a one day cause all the others work no play. Let's hit the road. We're gonna make the best of the time that we've got. This time it's ticking, this clock that won't stop. And now the moment you didn't know you'd been waiting for. I have, from the land of defacing mountains, so they can be monuments, I have Rushmore himself. Rushmore, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I am really good. I've been really trying to work in an applause button, but I'm too slow to get it. But I'm going to give you an applause, okay? All righty. It's welcoming. Do you feel welcome now? I do. I feel very, very welcome. So we are we are very lucky to have Rushmore here because he's currently vacationing in the fine country island of Cuba. So I hope you're having a nice vacation. It's great. I get to see an iguana and a feral cat every day that I walk outside. Is that really all what Cuba's about? Because I obviously I've I've never been. I don't know a whole bunch about Cuba besides the cigars. So like the part that we're in is like very desert island so there's like cactus everywhere and 
it's weird. The the deer there are maybe like the size of median dogs, and it's it's weird, man. It's a definitely not what I was expecting for a island to be down in the Caribbean, I guess. But the area by Havana is probably the best where it's more tropical. But here in the southern portion where we're at, it 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 sucks ass. I got to be honest. I'm fucking shocked. I I mean, it's not that big of a country. I just thought it was, you know, it's in the Caribbean. It's fucking trees and beaches and it's nice. Apparently not. No, no. The beaches are like uh, gravel, essentially, because it's all volcanic or old volcanic rock. But the diving in the uh, the snorkeling are pretty fucking sweet, though. Thanks for the geography lesson. We all appreciate it. (laughs) Absolutely. Rushmore, are you having anything to drink right now? I am not. I had a, a few last night, so I'm recovering from that. Fair enough. I respect that. I have a few almost every night, and I'm always recovering because I am <laughs> the liquor. You know, I, I feel like the next follow-up question I need to have to this, you know, what are you drinking? I needed to really start asking people what they're wearing. I think that would go over pretty well. Absolutely. You know, like kind of like khakis, you know. Do you work for State Farm? <laughs> I was hoping you picked that up. You sound hideous uh, <laughs> for that. That was well, fucking. I'm a dude, so <laughs> you should have a podcast. You're funnier than me. Well, <laughs> enough about drinking in State Farm, Mr. Rushmore. Tell the millions of followers a little bit, or the millions of listeners rather, a little bit about you. I joined the. National Guard in 2013, and I was a uh, corrections officer from 2014 to 2018, and went on the road as a deputy sheriff in 2018. And uh, I don't know, I'm really horrible talking about myself. <laughs> you know what? I'm good with that because I don't like people that talk about themselves. Apparently, <laughs> you know. Well, I I don't know if this has occurred on the podcast or not, but you might hit two check boxes. We haven't really talked. I know in my old agency, there was a lot of folks that did the national guard stuff and they were cops. So I want to dive into that a little bit. And then I don't know. And maybe I just never asked if I've had somebody that started in a jail at an agency and then actually went to the road at the same agency, which you did. Right. Right. So we'll, we'll hit, we'll come back to the national guard stuff, I think, but let's talk a little bit about your time policing what was your uh your why how come you decided to get into law enforcement uh well i grew up with my dad um being a police officer so i got to kind of see that and then i just started idolizing the the career and seeing everything that they do and then uh just kind of grew from there i mean ever since high school i always knew i wanted to uh be a police officer so i just kind of started vectoring my life and decisions like that toward uh, eventually becoming a police officer so i've never once heard anyone say vectoring their life <laughs> i don't even know what that means i i assume it means pointing your your life in that direction exactly that's yep don't use big words buddy i'm an idiot don't <laughs> come on man i'm a simpleton Same. this is another topic I, I wanted to get into is the whole Obviously, if you start for the most part, unless I'm not thinking of an agency, but for the most part, if you talk, if you're talking, starting in the jail and then moving to the road, that's usually a sheriff's department. So 
let's talk about that a little bit. Is your agency the type of agency where they kind of make people do their their time in the jail before they let them go on the road? Or occasionally do people get hired out as road deputies without stepping foot in a jail? So I want to say it's probably like a little bit of both. Um, they don't make you go to the jail before you get hired as a road deputy, but they do, the sheriff does like to pull um, from the jail to go onto the road. Um, he believes that you kind of develop a, a pretty good base of like being able to talk to people, deescalate stuff like that. Cause you can't just necessarily walk away when you're up in the jail instead of like on the road where you could kind of essentially walk away from a situation and not have to deal with it for the rest of the day. But yeah. He's very, very, very huge on working the jail. He came from a, a county where he worked in the jail and did just stuff like that and then worked on the road. So he kind of carries over, I, I guess. And being that that's what I did from the jail to the road. Um, I'm a definitely a big believer in starting the jail before you go onto the road. It just kind of teaches you how to, how to work with people and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. I mean, obviously city agencies, you don't really have that choice unless you work in corrections beforehand. And let's, let's be honest. We've talked a little bit of corrections on the podcast. That's a shitty fucking job, right? It sucks really, really bad. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> Hate the teeth. No teeth. Um, well, let's talk about your time in the jail a little bit. What was, what was kind of the, the things you didn't like about the jail? Um, I'm, I, I freaking hate having to sit in, uh, inside all day and not be able to see like outside or anything. I like to be able to move around and, and go do stuff and see like the changing from day to night and like the different weather and stuff like that. Um, but other than that, just basically having to deal with the frequent flyers that would come in and you literally don't have to even look at their information on their information sheet. You just can book them in because you, you know, their date of birth and everything. And it's really just a monotonous job and it gets old really, really quick. What were some of the best parts about working in a county jail? Um, this sounds really weird to say this, but you actually get to meet some pretty neat people uh, that just basically fucked up on their life and ended up going to jail for a night. And then running into them later on in your career and essentially being able to talk to them and see how different they were compared to how they were the night they came in, I guess. Yeah, I would say that's, that's something rewarding you see occasionally on the street. But, man, it, it's pretty far and few between. You know, I can think of a handful of times out of, you know, all the people I talk to where I'd seen them later down the road. And they're like, hey, sorry, I was a shit bag. I was going through some shit, but I'm OK now. Right. At your agency, were you guys just doing holding people just for like, obviously not people that were charged? I guess, you know what, instead of me trying to explain it, what types of prisoners were you seeing? I mean, probably not state prisoners, right? Just like, you know, smaller charges that, you know, were under a certain amount of time. Yeah. So we, we only see people um, a year and under everyone else. Once they get sentenced, they get transported to the, uh, to the prison. Um, so basically it was, I mean, we, we saw, I, I saw some pretty high profile charges that came through Um but they'd either get picked up by the, the marshals the next day or uh, 
sit there basically through their trial, get sentenced, and then they're immediately just gone. So now I don't want to dox you because South Dakota is not a very populated or big state, but how many roughly how many people were in the jail at a time? Um I wanna say once I ended up leaving, it was probably around 30, 40. Okay, so not not a huge jail. No, no, not at all. When you got hired at this agency, was it a for sure thing that you would eventually get to the road? Like, did they promise like, hey, we'll get you the road when we can? Or how did that work? Well, so not necessarily. So I basically, right around 2017, we had a deputy that was out for a while for some uh, pretty tragic family circumstances. And so they pulled me from the jail to work the road and I'd get certified and um, all that and just basically do like part-time stuff at the, at the sheriff's office w- while working in the jail. Um, and that I, I did not do too well. In fact, I don't think I was ready for the road or whatever, but uh, I, w- I was horrible on FTO. And so I made the decision to go back to the jail and was actually working as a reserve deputy in the, our neighboring county, which was a much, much bigger county, um, and got offered a full-time position there right around the same time that our sheriff came in and re-offered me an actual full-time position on the road. So, and I took that because I didn't, I wouldn't have to move my family. You get a take-home vehicle, um, just all around decent agency. But to answer your question, after a long <laughs> rant essentially uh that's what this podcast is is long rants <laughs> um basically no it's not guaranteed um but if you make it known to them and work your ass off and show them that you want to be there and be a deputy it'll happen let me i don't want to dig too it too deep into it if uh, you're not comfortable talking about it but so you said you, you came out part-time for a little bit and you you sucked ass was it your decision to go back or was the sheriff's office like, yeah, you you need to um, you need to ripen a little bit before you come out? Um, so essentially, that was my decision. Uh, they were they made the choice to extend my FTO process, and I was like, at that point, I was like, mm, you know what? I don't think an additional three weeks is going to fix the problems that I see myself having right now, too. And so I asked if I could go back to the jail, and basically with the the plan to work on myself and and get better at the things I was locking in. And that's what I did essentially. Are you walking under a tunnel? What's that? Oh, your, your reception got real bad. Like you were diving into the ocean for a second. Oh, my bad. Is it better now? Yeah, it's really good now. Um, I gotta be honest, man. I'll give you some props on that because I, I think, Sometimes I don't know. It's it's tough because somebody that you know they're at what they want to do and they're they're struggling. It's it's a it's cool that you had the opportunity to, you know, go back, fix some things, and come back. I I would say a lot of people would just like try and even though they knew it wasn't the best thing, they would just like, well, fuck it, I'm just gonna do it anyway. So I respect a decision like that. Well, thanks. now compliment <laughs> yourself. Right on the back. <laughs> let me ask you a little bit about south dakota specifically as far as getting certified is 
that one of those things where the sheriff's department runs their academy or let me take a step back. Are the jailers all like post certified or whatever you guys call it up there? No, um, you get hired at the jail and they do their own in-house uh, training and you, I guess, go through that. I think our neighboring agency puts on like a little bit of like a, a week long course every now and then. But other than that, there's no like standardization in South Dakota for corrections officers. Okay. And I don't know if there is many places now, as far as like the, the post police training, is that something where there's one Academy in the state or are there different agencies get people trained up on the road? How does that work? So basically um, there's, there's one rank. Well, technically now that Sioux Falls is doing their own, but um, basically there's, there's one, which is the law enforcement training Academy in the or center in the pier, which is our capital. And so everyone from every agency has to go there for the basic certification, which is 13 weeks long. Um, just recently, Sioux Falls started doing uh, a lot of their own in-house training and then sending their guys to um, LET for the stuff that they're not allowed to do in-house essentially. Um, but that's because like Sioux Falls, they come into a, let class and take up probably uh five six slots which is a pretty good chunk of the class what's so, that what's lat just uh maybe. law enforcement law enforcement training center. okay okay yep. i got you sorry i should have picked up on the acronym i am stupid no you're good you're good now south dakota i'm just gonna go out on limb and people are allowed to go out on the street prior to being certified as they wait for an academy Yep, you have a maximum of a year. So you could work for a full year and then go to uh, the academy right after that and do your 13 weeks and come back and work. Um, in fact, a lot of the smaller agencies or even the agency I'm at will do that. They, they put me on the road for, I think I was about four or five months on the road before I actually went to LAT. How did you feel about that? I mean, were you alone at any point in time during that four or five months? Or did you always have someone with you? Um, I was alone. There was days where, in fact, I was the only vehicle out. Um, <laughs> uh, but someone was always a phone call away. And they always had someone that would be willing to come out and assist you if you needed assistance on stuff. Um, but I really, uh, my first shift by myself, I was a little intimidated and wasn't sure on what was going to happen you know i had a lot of these like oh my god what if you know freaking russia invades it and i'm the only one out right now type um and then i started to realize that it's it's not that serious and to i guess relax because there's a lot of neighboring agencies too that come in and assist you on things and so yeah it's it's not too bad then looking back at going through let and i was incredibly glad that I was on the road before I went to LAT because it gave me a lot more confidence and I want to say a little bit of a leg up um, when I actually went through the academy because a lot of the scenarios they uh, would give you, you kind of already experienced them firsthand, like in real world. So it helped out a lot. Dude, it's just, I, I cannot, and I've talked to several people already, but I cannot wrap my head around the idea of somebody not certified on the road but i guess that's that's like maybe a me thing i don't know south dakota that's for sure 
so let me ask you this, buddy. Did you think the 13 week Academy was long enough or do you think it should have been longer? Is right where it could be, or just long enough. If they would have not focused on mainly teaching you emotional intelligence, which don't get me wrong is important, but it should have been like a separate outside the Academy. You've got your wings type class that you go to. Um, I wish they would have focused more in on case law, for example, which is only like a week long. Um, yeah, if they wanted to keep all that in there, I think it definitely should be longer. That's for sure. I'm, I'm super curious if you don't mind going into a little bit more about what do you mean by emotional intelligence? Like what kind of stuff were they, they training you up on? Man. So it like, now you're going to make me go onto a freaking rant here. Um, I love you, you basically take these, like, uh, um, this quiz at the beginning to see like where your emotional intelligence is. And it's like, uh, how you deal with stress, um, basically where your learning characteristics come from and just all stuff like that. And you have to read this, uh, emotional intelligence book or whatever, like the, whatever section that you get assigned to, which is like, whatever the quiz tells you that use your uh, area. But like, that's honestly where they leave it. And then the rest of the 13 weeks, every night you had to journal and then make this journal entry into like, online basically connecting what you learned that day with one of the like core competencies of policing is what they identified and there's 15 of those and they make this rule like you can't use the same one um until you used all of them but then once you go into a next like because there's three sections of the academy once you go into the next section of the academy uh then that starts over and you can use those again but it really makes it hard because then you're like, how do I connect domestic violence laws with freaking, I don't know, something off the wall, right? And you have to like f- find a way to connect that, which was just, I felt was kind of useless. Fucking That's fucking <laughs> stupid. It really is, yeah. That... <laughs> What the fuck, man? <laughs> like, it, I don't know who needs to hear this, but will you stop fucking treating adults like they're fucking children? No shit. Can we fucking stop this shit? It stop. Just stop. No grown ass man or, or woman or whatever the fuck you are is going to go into that class or into the academy wanting to be a cop and then be so happy that they get this class on emotional intelligence. Teach people how to be fucking cops. No, no we don't need to be playing these fucking like kindergarten games. Fuck that shit. That yeah, I'm was, mad for you. Dude, it, it sucked because you had to also make like a fitness and nutrition plan. It's like, dude, what am I in fucking college? But then to top it off, man, most of the instructors there have never been cops in their fucking life there's like one guy there that was a air force security forces <laughs> and then there was a female which she has since left uh who was a police officer for like four years and the only other guy that had great ways to teach was a former marine who teaches the defensive tactics that's it everyone else is all civilians and they're teaching at the police academy 
yep. for police. Yep. And they tell it, they teach us class about like fucking case law and shit. And then they'd have like other officers come in. Like when we got to the DUI, they'd have like real world officers off the street come in and teach classes, you know. But like, and I, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's like a majority of, well, I shouldn't say majority, but there was a good number of classes that were taught by real life police that came in off the road. But like, it was weird because some of the major big topics were taught by the instructors in house. And it's just, it's, I'm sitting here wondering how you can teach someone to be a cop if you've never been a fucking cop. Without going into great detail, my assumption based on this tale you've told me is it sounds like some woke bullshit, but you're in South Dakota where I don't think that exists, or am I wrong? Um, I wouldn't say like it really exists. I think they're just trying to get maybe a jump, like head start on where they see policing possibly going. I'm not sure because it's been that way since like when my sergeant went through. And I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm glad we had this talk because it's it's fucking it's pretty incredible. Personally, my academy was 26 weeks. So, you know, 13 weeks and you were caught before. It's like in my, you know, my brain, which, you know, different experiences, different strokes for different folks. It's fucking kind of wild to me. Right. So you know, and this isn't like your fault or anything. It's just where you live. But like when we have, I got to stop saying, but like, it drives me nuts. But anyway, but like when you have these academies that are only 13 weeks long, I could see where some critics are like, how the fuck are you going to learn how to be a cop in 13 weeks? What Absolutely. The shit? In fact, I, I, most of the shit that I learned on how, how to actually truly be a cop was after the academy when i had the small basics but then i had to actually go out and apply that to real world so like they do a good job on teaching you some things but then the rest of it it just goes in one ear and out the other and you have to like relearn it when you get back it's yeah well i mean i think that is really any type of learning environment if it's something you're not actively engaged in now i assume this wasn't paramilitary you guys weren't like you know running and bracing and any of that shit no adult learning <laughs> i don't know man i i don't know what to say it's i i'm at a loss for words and and we all know that i don't really lose words i don't know how to speak them sometimes but i definitely usually have something to say and it just it i don't know it's just mind-boggling to me but i i i to go on my soapbox a little bit i get i get worried sometimes about like and don't before anybody reads at me i'm, I'm gonna come for a full circle on this but I get kind of worried sometimes about like maybe some of this crazy shit going on in the world with policing is because they want to federalize the police force, which scares the fuck out of me. To be honest, it, it may not be like a terrible thing for cops. Like when you think of it that way, maybe better benefits and pay. But as an American citizen, that's fucking awful. Like this whole idea of, you know, a central fucking city on the East Coast is going to have authority over policing in my little fucking podunk town go fuck yourself uh i'm a big fan of you know local control and i believe that's how the country was set up so as an american that scares the fucking ever-living shit out of me i think that would be fucking terrible for there to be a basic and everybody like they don't want the police to be militarized but then they're gonna federalize them come on fuck off but as a cop if you think about that logically 
everybody probably have the same fucking pay, maybe some pay differentials other places. And you could probably, I would assume and hope you get better training, but I don't know. You're, you're a guy in the national guard. Do you necessarily get better training? Um, no, <laughs> you could have pleaded the fifth. <laughs> I mean, it's decent. Sometimes most of our training, like on drill weekends when it comes to the, cause for example, I'm an MP, um, in the guard. So most of our law enforcement or law and order type stuff we get taught is like in-house by active law enforcement that's in our area, you know, but other than that, like the actual MP like school and shit like that, it's does not teach you how to be a law and order, I guess, MP. It teaches you how to be more of like a combat MP. That's about it. I gotcha. Well, since we're talking National Guard stuff, we should dive into that a little bit. So what was your, uh, I guess, what was your why for getting into the National Guard? What are you looking to do there? Um, I wanted to, I wanted to serve and, and go do stuff and kind of do something for my country and community. Um, so I joined the National Guard because I know that they, uh, they get to go do like disasters and all that. For example, uh, I was able to attend uh, Trump's inauguration um and help out with security there and then we uh um we're actually able to go to biden's inauguration which that was fucking weird because i never once thought i'd see our nation's capital looking like a freaking concentration camp with like 12 foot high fences and razor wire on top and us walking around armed because like when we went to trump's inauguration and i'm not saying i'm for either one i'm just saying like trump's inauguration we weren't armed we were just there basically kind of helping out um, the TSA doing their checkpoints for people to get into like the area for the inauguration. But then Biden's, we were like walking around with like loaded M9s and shit and full combat gear and shit. It was just, it was weird. But um, yeah, I, I joined to be able, be able to do, go do stuff like that. Um, we helped with some local riots in our area um, during the George Floyd, um, probably like two years before I was able to get into my MP company. Um, they went down and helped with a lot of the flooding that was on the Missouri. Um, so, yeah. Good for you, man. I, I, that's honestly, for me, that's one of the biggest regrets I think I have in my life is I, I feel guilty for not serving. I, I not, you know, and I, I think that's a, like every, I feel free to fucking poke jokes at me for people that serve because, you know, that's like the typical thing. Like, Oh, I couldn't, have, I didn't serve because I had this or that. I, I got no excuse, man. I mean, I just, at the, the, that point in my life where I, I guess I still could sign up, but at the time of my life where most people signed up, I had, you know, things going on. I was, you know, dating my wife and I just elected not to, but I definitely, I do regret it. Cause I, I think it is a very noble and honorable thing to do to serve the country, even though it's kind of a shit show right now. I still think it's a good thing to do. Absolutely. Yeah. No, um, that's actually why I chose the national guard over any other branches. Cause I also had a lot of, a lot of things, uh, going on in my life and so that just allowed me to continue my civilian life and further my civilian career um all while being able to go do the stuff i wanted to do with the military and stuff like that one of the things i wanted to maybe look behind the curtain a little bit for is or look behind the curtain a little bit is the national guard and the policing stuff i know at my old agency there was a, a lot of folks that they did the national guard stuff. And so they'd miss shifts or whatever. And 
it didn't seem like it was ever an issue with the agency and, and our agency had enough staffing where it wasn't well at the time it wasn't like a big deal or anything like that but does that ever cause conflict at your agency um there was actually one time when i was in jail um where it kind of you should clarify that you weren't in jail you were working at the jail yeah in in the jail sorry yeah when i was working in the jail um there was a time where i had some conflict with my um jail administrator about time off for guards and all that um but that was alleviated but ever since it's really not been too big of a deal um i do know leading up to this uh vacation quote unquote um there was a lot of three four day guard drills and even gone for like weeks at a time to get ready and certified for this and uh so i do know that everyone at the at the sheriff's office had to kind of cover down on shifts for me and uh there was a couple times where me being gone i could tell was was pretty uh shitty for them and I know I wouldn't want to be put in that position, but I definitely appreciate everyone who stepped up um, while I was gone. For example, a uh, little, I guess you could call it like a little side task thing um, that I got assigned to is me and another deputy. And while I was gone on those, he had to cover down and basically kind of do double the work uh, while I was gone. And he didn't, uh, he didn't, complain at all he just picked up my fucking load and went on until i came back so but that definitely some, is what uh, she said sorry <laughs> definitely some shitty moments that's for sure i don't know and maybe you can enlighten me and some of the other folks that don't know is there some kind of law or statute where employers have to basically accommodate anybody in the national guard i don't know how that works at all yeah, so it's a federal law. It's called USERRA. Um, and basically what that says is, for example, if I'm deployed um, for like 12 months, um, there's a certain amount of days they have to give me um, before I am required to come back to work. And so like if I'm gone for 12 months, uh, I believe it's up to like 90 days they have to give me. Um, not of leave or anything, just days of basically where I don't have to show up to work. They don't have to pay me or anything. Or like uh, prior to drill, um, I'm supposed to have eight hours of rest before and after um, drill and stuff like that. I don't use that. Sometimes I work overnight and then go straight to drill in the morning. <laughs> but um, it's just different laws like that. And then like, for example, while I'm gone, they're required to hold my spot. Um, so basically like since I'm gone right now, they can have someone cover, but as soon as I'm back, they have to give me back that position I had, as well as um, any type of like seniority gains that you would get or that you would have got if you were still there while you were gone. So like if I was supposed to get bumped up a pay grade or whatever due to time and service, um, I'm supposed to still get that um, even though I was gone for that year. So interesting now to uh steal the microphone for a second i i had a coworker. i guess i can call a co-worker i i saw them they were ahead of me in seniority every year they bit ahead of me somehow but they literally were gone for 10 months maybe 11 months out of the year sometimes i felt like for years 
the department would ha- save their spot. They'd come back for FTO. They because they my department if they were gone a certain amount of time they made them go back through FTO just to make sure they're they're smooth. Yep. Or you know maybe a a shortened FTO. And then they'd come back. And once they completed FTO, they got to their shift, be there for a day or two, deployed and left again. And I was there for eight and a half years, and this happened for eight and a half years. So I'm I'm just telling the story just to tell it. I'm not pointing any fingers. I don't fucking know any better. Um, I don't know this person, so I don't, you know, I'm not gonna necessarily shit on them because I don't fucking know, but it's kind of a an odd deal. Like it from the outside looking in, you I think you could surmise that maybe they're some abuse of the system, but I don't fucking know because I don't think the department was paying them. So I don't I don't know what benefit they got. I just, I didn't understand like, well, if you just want to be in the military, be in the military. If you want to be a cop, be a cop. I get the guard stuff. I think that's different, but being gone for like eight years straight. I mean, is that something that could happen to you? Could you be deployed for a while and then get back and then they could deploy you again? Or is there only a certain amount of time throughout the year they can deploy you? So uh, every guard unit, when they deploy, they have a, like a down period. And I think that's like three or four, three to five years to where they can't get deployed. And if you were to deploy again, you'd have to waive that. So basically you have to sign a paper saying I'm okay with deploying again. And after that, I don't think if you choose to deploy again, like you're like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to go on another deployment or, you know, and I'm going to extend my orders. Um, Don't quote me on this. I'm not fully sure, but I think if you choose to do that, they no longer have to hold your, your uh, position they can and a lot of agencies will from what i'm understanding but uh they don't have to by federal law if it's past what you were actually originally ordered to do i'm actually texting my buddy right now and be like hey does this person still work there because i'd be amazed if they did yeah it was a really odd thing I, i didn't really understand the dynamics of it but they were they were gone a lot anyway well shit it sounds like you've enjoyed your time with the national guard yeah, it's been definitely fun. You develop a lot of friends and do some hooligan shit. <laughs> allegedly. Yes, allegedly. Always allegedly. Now, what everybody wants to know about is what the fuck is going on in South Dakota. How is policing in South Dakota? Um, it's actually, from what I'm understanding, just even listening to, to your podcast and then talking to other officers that I run into, um, it seems like the love for law enforcement is still still there in, in South Dakota. It's definitely a place that I would recommend if you wanted, wanted to feel uh, appreciated and shit, it would be a good state to work in. Um, def- I mean, there's definitely people who, you know, are against cops here and stuff like that, especially in like the, I say bigger cities, but they're not that much bigger than <laughs> a small town in Colorado. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. It's actually definitely a good uh, a good environment to be in. It's it's made it that much more fun to be a police officer. Like I, I've gotten a freaking uh, I stopped a lady in one of our canyons and uh, for speed and shit. And then come Christmas time, I get a freaking Christmas card sent to me in the mail, like to my like deputy box and shit. And like it's just it's shit like that. Um, the community always donates treats and all that during certain holidays there's a restaurant across from one of the uh, city agencies in 
that area that will bring a lot of the leftover food that they've made over to the PD to kind of give to the officers and deputies and troopers that are coming through. So it's definitely a, an awesome environment. That's for sure. I got to be really honest. I am fucking shocked about some of the population in South Dakota. Um, <laughs> all right. So the number one size city is Sioux Falls, which it's pretty good size. So 180,000 people. That's, that's a pretty decent size city for sure. Right. Rapid City is 76,000, which surprises me. Rapid City's kind of grown up over the last 10, 15 years, hasn't it? Yeah, and it's still it's still shooting up. And I'd say they're probably high 70s now, close to 80,000, I think, now. I Now, I think everyone I, – I don't want to say everyone, but I would think a lot of people have been to Mount Rushmore. So I would assume a lot of people have been through Rapid City. I like Rapid City a lot, but now that I see it's fucking 80,000 people, I don't think I ever want to go again. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of people, um, and their officers there deal with a lot of shit. Like, they just did a, because uh, uh, they're all unionized down there, they just did a study, I guess, compared to Sioux Falls, uh, average Sioux Falls officer in a year average, or, uh, averages like 900 calls for service in a year and rapid city averages like 1600 wow and so they just they did a huge pay bump in fact they're at like 29 starting now they definitely deal with a lot a lot of stuff they've had a lot of officer involved shootings um i think their last one was like i want to say a month or two ago um and they had two officers that were shot and killed back in like 2011, but it's pretty wild and rapid. That's for sure. That makes me sad. I like rapid city. Uh, who's kidding? No, I love America. So I'll probably go there again. Um, which, so you were saying like 1600 calls per service an officer a year. That's pretty fucking, that's pretty good. I, I just kind of estimated based on what I would normally handle in a day at my agency. And it was about 2000 calls a year on the low end ish depending on how many days off i took so 1600 like that's a lot of fucking calls for service in fucking south dakota that's crazy when i was doing reserves we uh we heard on their channel a ton about them going 1033 on their main channel and that you'd have to use their secondary channel if you wanted to talk to them like they were always in some pretty higher priority calls and stuff like that it was crazy no one knows what 1033 is uh, 1033 in South Dakota is uh, clear all traffic from that channel, emergency traffic only. So basically the only traffic on there is if you're working that call or if all of a sudden you have emergency traffic to put out. So, Well, I know you don't work in Rapid City, but now I'm just fucking beyond curious. What the fuck is going on there? I mean, it's just a tourist city, right? I mean, are they just getting a lot of people come up there and they're like, hey, this is pretty nice. And they move up there and they cause all sorts of problems. Like what kind of issues are they having? Um, they have a lot of like gang problems now, meth, like just drug shit. I mean, we got I-90 that goes straight through there, um, which goes from coast to coast. So there's a lot of trafficking. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, man. It really is. Crazy. Um, here's what fucking blows my mind, man, is Pierre. Did I say it right? How the fuck do you guys say it? Pierre. Okay. Pierre or Pierre? Pier, just the like a pier, like a water pier kind of. That's fucking stupid. I'm gonna call it Pierre. Pierre, <laughs> the population on here is thirteen nine hundred. 
Yep. That is fucking tiny for a state capital. That's insane. I'm just like, it boggles my mind. Like I live in a pretty small fucking county and I'm pretty sure my county has a bigger population than the, the capital of South Dakota. Yeah. It's uh, I think there's only like 400,000 total in South Dakota. There's more cattle than there are people. Let's explore that a little bit. Why doesn't anybody want to live in South Dakota? At least what I visited, and maybe it's just the western half of the state, I thought it was beautiful. Um, I, well, there's a lot of people flooding into the western side. And I, I, I'm even willing to say like the Sioux Falls area as well. Um, but we saw the largest influx, which was like right around when COVID started. And you had a lot of people having to do like remote work. And so then these companies are like, oh, it's cheaper to just pay someone to work at home. So then these people are moving around from California. In fact, we have a joke saying that that's the uh, new invasive species is Californian. Um, but there's a lot true. of people moving into like the Black Hills area and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't blame them. The Black Hills area is fucking awesome. I've always thought it was really cool. Like Custer is a cool little town and I've never made it up to like Deadwood or Sturgis or anything. Do you have it? That was, we'll get into the Instagram questions later, but do you have any experience with the Sturgis stuff at all? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I've uh, both gone to it and then experienced it um, with work as well. People come from all over the country to go to that thing. And then they, either don't know how to ride a curvy road or they i guess don't know how to ride period uh, we deal with a lot of crashes around that time just with motorcycles and cars and but it spills over into where i work a lot because i mean you can only fit so many people into sturgis so then they got to go into rapid piedmont deadwood all over just to to fit and be around for the festivities and stuff. So now is it a lot of, besides the, the car accidents and the motorcycle wrecks and the collisions, just so I fucking fit in every single term, is there a lot of troublemakers as far as, I mean, is it fucking wild and crazy and like, it's not something you want to go to, or is it just people having a good time? Um, from my experience, both working it and going to it, I feel like there's more people just having a good time than there are actual, um, like crime going on. I mean, of course, with the amount of people, you always have more DUIs, more drug busts. Um, sex trafficking is apparently a, a big thing at the rally too. Um, but I think that's just an influx of the amount of people there and more, it's more people just there to basically get shit-faced and go to concerts and have a good time sounds fucking fun to me it's pretty like good my time. dream day shit-faced at a concert fucking sign <laughs> me up and you got like all kinds of like i guess top name bands that come in to like the buffalo chip full throttle all that just for the rally what's the uh what we're gonna cheat a little bit and get to instagram since we're talking about all that shit what's the craziest fucking sturgis story do you have um that i experienced yeah well man there's a lot of them um i'll just go with like one where i was <laughs> where i was there um there's just there's like a shit ton of naked women walking around <laughs> and uh <laughs> now the question is are they women that you'd want to see naked 
some of them, um, I want to say most of them know they're, they're just older women that I think have gone through their uh, midlife crisis, but there's a lot of ones there that when I was younger, <laughs> when I was younger and stuff, uh, it was definitely a good time to go with, with friends and see the sights essentially. <laughs> well, it's like the, the Ron white thing, you know, like, all right, go ahead and roll them on up. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it gets pretty nasty. <laughs> Well, as Sweet Brown said, ain't nobody got time for that. Besides when Sturgis is in town, you know, and based on anybody that's listening to the podcast that's not an idiot, has probably figured out you work more of a rural area. What What is kind of the big types of calls for service do you handle a lot? Like, what's, what's the main source of crime if there is one? Um, you get a lot of, like, civil calls, Um especially with the newer people moving in, they complain about cattle coming onto their property and you just have to explain to them that if you don't want cattle on your property, you have to fence it out because we're a fence out state. Um, that's just kind of the, the way it is. But then most of the time you get domestics. Um, in the wintertime, we get a lot of abandoned vehicle calls, whether it's just someone slid in the ditch and left their vehicle or it's some drunk idiot that piled through some creek and then into a fence and then decided to start walking down the road and someone calls it in and shit like that. So I guess you get a lot of DUIs from those. Um, but I'm, I mean, it's probably, I think the most calls or the most common calls are like domestics, thefts, um, crashes and like DUIs and stuff. South Dakota as a whole, it's it's not a very populated place until recently. But for people that have never been there, the my assumption, and you tell me if I'm wrong, is the west side of the state is a little more hilly and mountainous and shit. And then as you get further east, it's kind of like dull and boring. Is that about right? Yeah, most I want to say probably like even 90% of the the uh state is just plains and all that, but then you get over to like rapid city and all that and like into the actual black hills and it gets pretty mountainous i do know like the one of our neighboring counties they have to uh basically train constantly on like rope rescue and stuff because they have people that fall into these like off these little cliffs or into ravines in fact even the uh, national guard has brought their blackhawks up to help uh hoist them out and stuff like that like it's it gets pretty mountainous and pretty unforgiving terrain and the storms, the storms out there are freaking nuts just because like that like random big pop-up of hills out of the prairie makes the storms build and shit like that. And we get some really weird weather out there. Yeah, I've seen you guys actually get some pretty fucking gnarly tornadoes up that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, in fact, we, I want to say um, two years ago, um, I was out taking maternity pictures of with my wife and stuff and I get a uh my, my buddy calls me and so like I just kind of ignored it because we were driving well then he calls me like instantly again so I was like okay something's going on and he's like hey where are you and I was like oh uh we're out on this road and he's like okay well there's like a uh, tennis ball sized hail heading our way it's coming down from the north and I look over and sure as shit there's this giant wall of black clouds so I flipped around as fast as I could and 
hauled ass like mock jesus back to her freaking house um mock jesus uh, is the fastest speed by the way that is the fastest speed only obtainable truly by a crown vic but that's okay absolutely i wish we had one of those but we unfortunately don't (laughs) very disappointing um (laughs) something that i've been trying to ask about a little bit more that cops always have fucking fantastic stories and a lot of times cops forget those stories when they're put on the spot um but millions of people want to know if you got a good fucking story about being a deputy in south dakota um i would say uh there was there's one year like kind of going off what we were talking about with weather um had this really massive rainstorm come through and next thing i know me and my my partner get called that there is a father with his children trapped on a side of the creek or of this creek and uh you can call it a creek no judgment here i'm good with either term and so uh we get down there we're on our way down we're thinking okay like what's the big deal and we get down there and this this water was like flowing over the bridge so other officers are showing up to you fire department and so like me and my buddy just like look at each other and we're like fuck it we're gonna walk across this bridge and the, the water was like up to our knees and it was flowing fast as shit and i'm actually surprised we didn't get <laughs> swept away but we we walked across and everyone's like staring at us like you guys are fucking idiots um we got up there walked up the road a little ways heard them yelling so we got to them and uh some uh local resident was able to have a like a rope um, and tied it to his like UTV and then we threw the rope across and we were attempting to get to them that way while we we're waiting for the fire department to figure out what the fuck they were doing. Um, but then a uh, resident came up and was like, hey, there's a way to get back across the creek and come down the hill uh, to get to them from the backside and get them out. And so we went up and around and were able to escort the kids. I actually had one of the kids on my back and then had their uh, older dad like grabbing onto my belt as we're just like I'm almost essentially like pulling them up this steep ass hill. Um, and at the end of the day, like they were super excited and stuff like that, and it was actually good that we got them out of there because the water uh, rose a little higher and stuff, and it would not have been a good thing I think if we would have left them there. So, um, but it was just really cool to kind of be part of what I was out there to do, which was like help people and stuff like that and, and be there for someone when they were in need. Um, but then if you don't mind, I got another story. I love stories. Um, so like the first time it actually ever hit home uh, for like my family of what I was doing could possibly be dangerous is uh, um, working one night, get called that one of our uh, cities in our county was in pursuit of the vehicle. And so I was like, heading that way just kind of moseying see if they needed assistance well then we got told that uh they could hear the officer on the radio yelling at somebody on the ground so i sped up knowing that most likely that's someone at gunpoint um and like two seconds later they came back for the radio uh telling me that like they're the officers advising shots fired and stuff like that and so uh i threw on my lights and sirens and started going and it really kind of didn't hit me until afterward that my wife, she is a, or she well, currently is a dispatcher at our county now, but she was a dispatcher at one of the city agencies. And she 
has our channel and she was listening to me be the closest unit and going in route to the shots fired call. Um, and she said she kind of, she really felt helpless and all that. And that's when it kind of dawned on me that what I'm doing is actually pretty dangerous and that uh, the consequences of it could be bigger than myself. So, but everything ended up okay. Um, nobody died or anything. So that was always good. You know, I don't know. I think sometimes, and maybe it's a good way to deal with it. I think in the back of your head, you know, that it's a possibility. Um, now that I'm off the job and I have a lot more time to overanalyze things, I think it's more in my head than it was before. But um, obviously we, you know, different, different types of agencies, but dude, we did some fucking crazy shit and went to some crazy places and did some crazy things. And most of the time, you know, my thought was like, this is fucking cool. Um, but then when you really think about it and then you kind of reflect on this, you're like, this is, this is not cool. I mean, it's cool. It's fun. We're having, I'm having a good time with my friends, but what the fuck, are, what, is, what is going on? Like, do we live in a third world country? But I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the proper way is to, uh, to deal and reflect on the danger of the job, because, you know, despite what the, uh, the naysayers are, will say, like, there's not, you know, yeah, you can work other jobs and people try and rob you, but there's not, there's not really any other jobs that people will hunt you down because you're a cop or, you know, because they're, you know, we're taking shit bags to jail. People don't want to go to jail. So they will fucking fight it out. So they don't go back to jail. Like, I don't know why that's such a fucking hard concept for people to understand. Now, since that incident, you know, has that changed things with your relationship at all? Like, should, does she worry more? Um, I wouldn't say she, she, uh, worries more but i think it's actually in her head now too um especially now that she's actually working up on our agency and uh but she's uh, definitely had her her fair share of of stories of sending officers who she's come to know and and befriend and love uh went back when she worked at the other agency that she'd have to send them to these pretty sketchy calls and um She's definitely a very, really, really understanding when I've had my hard days or sketchy, sketchy calls where I come back and I'm pretty quiet and I just want to unwind real quick before I get fully into the husband and father mode and stuff like that. Now, not to do a complete 180, but I, I'm curious. So you've been on the road for four years ish. Yep. Okay. How many times have you had to put somebody at gunpoint? Um, I've had my actual like firearm pointed at somebody once. Wow. Fortunately. Good for you, man. I, I'm trying to put like the proper context into this, but I think it, it just goes to show like the differences in agencies. Like I think, you know, throughout the country, people listening and throughout the world, some people would be like, motherfucker, you know, I, I point my gun at people every fucking day. Right. Well, you live in a fucking shitty ass city. Fucking move. Right. Um, you know, but it's, you know, and then there's other people that are like, oh, yeah, man, I, you know, maybe once a year that thing comes out of the holster. But I think it's important when it's time, you know, it fucking works when it's time to pull it out of the holster. So, you you know, here, here's my lesson. This is a fucking story I heard. Brass. This has nothing to do with you, by the way, but you, it reminded me of it. We had some brass go on the qualify and dude fucking pulls his gun out of the holster 
like we kind of joke about the cobwebs like no shit cobwebs gun didn't fucking fire he could barely get it out it was like stuck in there because like food and soda and shit (laughs) take your fucking gun out of the holster make sure it fucking works i mean no death pops that's not the way to make sure it works but that's a a very important piece of equipment you don't want to fail so maybe don't use a 1911 i don't know yeah i i'm a huge believer in like off-duty training and even as something as small as like doing some dry fires before you actually go to work, find a safe place to point your gun, unload it, you know, and do some draws, do some like reloads with an empty mag, stuff like that. And just like get that muscle memory there because I've never fully been in situation besides that, that one time. But like, I don't know, man, I, would, I don't know what would go through my head if all of a sudden I pull my gun out and there's a fucking half of a whopper stuck in the goddamn ejection port or something, you know. Whoppers are delicious, though. I mean, if that yeah. was a, if that was a reason your gun was going to fail, be, I don't know why we went down this fucking weird rabbit hole. Because I don't know how to act, but I apologize to the, all the 1911 listeners out there. I know you turned up your hearing aids and you went back to see if I just made fun of a 1911. I did. Oh, two two World War champs. Oh. <laughs> the gun that can shoot in space. Hey, yeah. at least you got a fucking semi-auto. I knew a dude that still had a revolver. So that's it was fucking cool looking, if we we're gonna be honest, though. It was really cool. It's like what my dad carried back in like the 70s, man. So before we get into the Instagram questions, I wanted to hit something that I find interesting. I don't know if anybody else finds interesting, but arrest procedures. Now, obviously, without doxing yourself, let's say a typical arrest, not a warrant, but something you have PC on. What's the process in South Dakota to get them into the jail? Um, It's actually different for like every jail that I've uh, uh, been to or been around. But um, usually it's you got your PC affidavit and like a custody authorization form. And then you book them into the jail. Jail takes them and then you. Uh, like build your case, add your evidence, stuff like that. Um, but it's actually, once you get the hang of it, it's pretty quick and easy. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask, this is one thing more, sorry, we'll get to Instagram in a second. One more question. As far as the, you know, the courts go and the DAs and the judge and all that stuff, how is that in South Dakota? Are people getting proper sentences in your opinion? Or are they just like everywhere else where people just get fucking set free on everything and no one goes to jail anymore? Um, there's just like times where you're like, okay, yeah, that was absolutely good. And then there's other times where uh, they just kind of seems like they poo poo away some, some things and then move on. Or they like, you have a solid case for the charges that you're charging someone with. And then it, you look and, see that they pled down or whatever it's just like god damn it okay so, so it's basically it's basically the same thing everywhere yep yeah all right you ready for some instagram questions from the dgens let's do it how does it feel to be the worst how does it feel to be the worst dakota <laughs> there's a lot of those by the way um I think we're the, the better Dakota. Um, we don't have to deal with the flat blowing snow and super cold, cold weather that North Dakota has. That's just my opinion. North Dakota is basically Canada, right? 
basically it, it really basically is there's only the only thing up there is like oil and grass yeah what's this is another this is another instagram question is wh- why is there two dakotas why don't you guys just merge so you can be more powerful there was actually a time where it was just the dakota territory um and then the powers that be decided that there should be two dakotas i guess same question why is there a north and south carolina i guess I've always wondered that. And I always wonder why don't they come with like more unique names? Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, you got West, you know, you got West Virginia. You, I think that might be it. Is there another one? No, that's it. Just the Carolinas yep. and the Dakotas. Yep. Who do you think would win a war? The Dakotas or the Carolinas? Dakotas for sure. You can't would... fuck with those farm boys, man. Yeah, I would think you the population though you'd be outpopulated for sure. But yeah, I don't know any reason to go to North Dakota. I, I, I would like to visit most of the states in the union at some point, but I, right. I'm trying to figure out why I would go to North Dakota. I now, mean, they got some cool stuff, but I just can't remember what it is right now. <laughs> if anybody, this is your time, North Dakota cop. If there's a North Dakota cop. That's not on my list. I might have one on my list. But if you're a North Dakota cop, you want to come to the podcast, shoot your shot, send me a message. Um, let's see. We went over Sturgis. Which is better, East River or West River? West River, without a doubt. Like we uh, established already, it's grass and a big city over there in college towns. On the west side, you actually have beautiful territory. You have the Badlands, which is like, really really cool and uh hills and trees and yeah i don't have to see into the next country or state <laughs> okay yeah i was trying to figure out what that meant but now i'm looking at a map and i'm like oh it's the the fucking missouri divides the state yeah yeah which you would think there would be a big city on the missouri but it, i mean apparently not yeah that uh, I mean, I, I, we would have thought, too, because that was essentially the, the interstate back in the day. But, yeah, it never happened, I guess. Fuck you, Lewis and Clark. Um, <laughs> now, is it a safe assumption, but you guys don't have patrol cars. You guys just all ride Buffalo? Yep, that's exactly right. Um, my Buffalo is a, is a two-year-old. His name's Jim. I feed him carrots every day. We actually, we have a picture of a buffalo that we grew fond of that we, we saw in Yellowstone. So one of your neighboring states, and we named him Bill. Bill. Um, I like it. Yeah, so, or no, 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 not Bill. We named him Joe. Oh, okay. Joe, that, that's his name. So we will occasionally, you know, I'll be walking in the hallway. I'm like, oh, there's a picture of Joe. I wonder how Joe's doing. I think about him all the time. Let's see. I, I assume there's a lot of wildlife calls in your area. Yeah, and and freaking cattle. I love I love steak and all that, but I think I've been on so many cattle outside of the freaking fence on the road type calls, and it gets really annoying after a while. Well, why don't you just fence them in, buddy? That's what you're saying. What? So they they do they they we have fences along our highways and stuff, but these stupid animals just like either push up against it until the freaking fence breaks or they find a way to get out or you got old farmer brown was late to his daughter's recital and he forgot to shut his 
fence and then the whole herd decides to take a trip out onto the highway okay two two things we need to address here a don't talk about those dumb animals that way Peter's going to be really angry those whoppers future whoppers i believe in every single one of them okay i believe in their future flame grilled beautifulness soon soon in my mouth and here's the other thing farmer john or bill or whatever there, there's no recital that you know they don't allow music or dancing in south dakota <laughs> oh what's yeah. the what's the most famous band from south dakota that's a me question uh do we even have a famous band from south dakota i don't know you want me to google it yeah all right, most famous band from South Dakota. I spelled from wrong. Um, I've never heard of any of these bands. Indigenous, The Spilled Canvas, Brulee, Earth Groans. Yeah, this sounds like fucking music that the skids from Letterkenny would listen to. I've never fucking heard of any of these bands. Well... Don't fucking go to South Dakota to be famous. Well, we got like Bob Barker and Tommy Laren and Brock Lesnar and shit like that. Really? Yeah. All blonde. No, it was Bob Barker blonde. I think. I don't know. White when I was can remember him. Well, yeah. Let's be honest. Every day sick was a home day. It was a day home with Bob. Absolutely. I fucking couldn't wait. Wait for that fucking show to come on. I have a couple of why do you would anyone live in South Dakota questions. So I will let you be like the, uh, the tourism or travel. No, that's, that's the wrong word. I will let you be the, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. I will let you be the, uh, the state representative to try and get people to move to your terrible state. Um, I think starting off, honestly, the community is, is the best part. Um, you could be driving down any highway and you'll get a wave from somebody and um, just really, uh, really fun to be around people. And we do a lot of summer events, winter events, stuff like that. Um, but there's uh, Terry Peak, which is uh, good for snowboarding and skiing. And then the Southern Hills has a shit ton of tourist attractions like mountain coasters, zip lines, caves, mines. Um, you got Mount Rushmore, Crazy Horse, which is, if you haven't seen Crazy Horse yet, that's an awesome thing to see. How far um, along is it? Because last time I went, it was basically, like, not anything. Um, so it's not super far along, um, but the reason behind that is because um, the Native Americans are refusing to uh, get funding from the federal government. Um, and they're, they're basically raising the funds on their own and doing it on their own, which I, I think is actually kind of, kind of cool that they're doing that. There's some pride there behind it, but it's actually really, really cool. It's massive. Yeah. I haven't been by in a while. I, I feel like last time we drove by, there was actually, you could turn on a radio station as you drove by and it would give information on it. And it had like a, you know, here's how you donate to get this thing built. Yep. Yeah, so, they got like the base and everything, um, but I think they do like one or two blasts a year or something like that. Wow. Yeah, I, I kind of don't expect that thing to be done in my lifetime. No, probably not. Probably not. 
Um, let's see. All right. So you probably convinced a lot of people, despite my porn music, to uh, <laughs> move. I, I really need to invest in some more music for these types of situations. But porn music's all I got. So that's what we're going to go with. Okay. We'll stick with the old 70s. It matches my mustache. So I believe in you. <laughs> what is the, the power what's of the, my mustache, man? The, that's where that's where all the fucking power is and your fucking eight point hat but your deputy says cowboy hat right i don't even wear a hat man <laughs> i'd say no hat or a fancy hat that's just me i agree what is the working relationship with tribal police is that are you in a part of the state where that's a thing um i'm not um but yeah and i can't even really like talk on experience with it yeah, we're we're pretty far from any of the reservations and all that. But from what I've heard is that it's kind of a mixed thing. Sometimes they're not super cooperative and other times uh, they're more than willing to help out and stuff like that. I I know I had some guys reach out in the past. I'm going to try and, and and we talked a little bit. I had my my buddies from uh, Valhalla Wood Forge and he had a little experience with the tribal stuff. But we'll, uh, I'm going to try and get a tribal guy on in the near future and see if we can't figure that all out let's see we got a lot of the same questions all right we got two questions left and then we get into my dumb shit urban dictionary guy which probably is appropriate for porn music has uh has returned and has a question for us have you ever done the south dakota slammer what the fuck is that (laughs) well you got to take a guess and then you got to say if you've done it or not uh no i've never done it okay i've never even heard of it that's funny what do you think it is uh i don't know something like i don't know (laughs) there's way too many weird ass names for that shit let me google it well here's what it has oh boy when you have to poop really bad, but you're having sex with your girlfriend, so while she's giving you a blowjob, you then proceed to slam your ass on her face and let it go. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. No, I've never done that. Never done that. I, I'm going to go ahead. I need to start ranking the uh, <laughs> um, the Urban Dictionary ones because some of them are fucking phenomenal. And then, like this, the South Dakota Slammer, I feel like it had really good potential, and then it was just like, eh, kind of fizzled out in the last half, which is something my wife normally says. So, um, I'm gonna rank this one a, a a three out of ten. I need you to do better, Urban Dictionary guy. I believe in you. Don't take it personally, but but do better. Um, one last question which I think we already know the answer to it, but what is your favorite podcast? Oh, it's poorly made police memes. I love poorly made police memes podcast. It's really good. Yeah. That's what I thought too. So uh, this is actually my, my number one that I like to listen to. It's just easy to, to throw on in the patrol car. Um, you don't have, you don't have to be a simp, man. You can, you can, no, no, I, it's not true. For real, like uh, my, uh, uh, my coworker back home, he actually is the one that showed me, um the poorly made police podcast um because we'd send each other the poorly made police memes all the time and uh we ended up listening to it one day when he was giving me a ride 
And uh, yeah, it just kind of took off from there. But other than uh, PMPM, uh, I would say like Scared to Death, um, Street Cop Training is another good one I like to listen to. Um, but I'm weird. I like to listen to like creepy ass shit in the middle of the night when I'm driving down some like back road. You know what I've been wanting to do for a while? And uh, I don't want to tease it. I, I'm i just going to tease it. As far as creepy ass shit, anybody that's worked nights is fucking listening to Coast to Coast, right? I assume you even get that up there, right? The, the no. Coast to Coast? Coast to Coast is basically an overnight radio uh, syndicated program. And they talk about fucking anything. And it's a lot of alien talk. And it's like weird shit overnight. It's fucking great. Oh, um, yeah, I've never heard of it. Okay, you should check it out. But I've been wanting, because let's be honest, if people listen to podcasts that have worked overnights, you know, maybe a slow night, maybe a rural area, they've seen some fucking weird shit. And I wanted to get fucking weird with it. And I have a poorly made coast to coast that I really want to do. I'm trying to line up a special guest, um, but he's gotten really big and famous. So I, I hope it'll happen, but we'll see if I can, I can pull it off. Otherwise I might just have to use some like, you know, second tier guests like Ben or Saul or something. Um, yeah. I, I love that shit, man. I'd absolutely tune in. I love talking yeah. about that shit. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be fucking good time. Well, we've ended the Instagram questions, Instagram. I'm going to give you a, uh, a C plus do better, but it's pretty good. Now to my dumb shit questions. Rushmore, what is the greatest patrol car of all time besides Buffalo? Um, uh, I I'll always be a simp for the Crown Vic. I have been and will be. Um, that's just always been in the cop movies and stuff like that. Um, but this is gonna go against from what I've heard from a lot of people. But I really enjoy the Durango. Explain yourself. Um, it's just, it, it's, it's fast. You are fake it, news. <laughs> it's fast. It, it's, uh, just as maneuverable, uh, maybe a little bit less than the Explorer, but, uh, it has a ton of storage room and, and comfortable to drive. And plus this sound system is fucking great. So be able to bump your music a little bit when you need it. All right. Now you've, you've opened yourself up. When you say bump your music, what are you listening to? Literally everything from rock to country uh, to some rap. I've known to. <laughs> I've known to to listen to some uh, like Celine Dion every now and then. It's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> your heart will go on. That's right. We know that. I haven't driven a Durango. I don't have any experience with it police-wise. And I know the newer Durangos are a lot different than what they were before. And to be honest, like when the Durango came out in like the late 90s, I thought they were fucking cool. And, they, you know, they had a Hemi. Do they have a Hemi now still or no? Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I don't know if you're old enough to remember the does that thing got a Hemi commercial. So I, I appreciate the Hemi. I'd like to see it in action. But it is not a fucking Crown Vic. You're right. And I think, honestly, uh, all jokes aside, I think one of Ford's biggest mistakes was not uh, modernizing it and keeping up with the times with it. They they honestly could have kept the uh, Crown Vic as the number one police package and instead of trying the Taurus and the Explorer and 
which don't get me wrong, the Explorer is a decent patrol vehicle, but I really think that they could have kept the Crown Vic going, I guess, to reinstate or restate. I all right. So this is gonna this is gonna blow some minds here. The other day I was uh driving my Crown Vic. I went to the gas station and a guy in a Taurus pulled up and was parked next to me. And I got to looking at both of them. And, and when I say Taurus, I mean the, the police interceptor. And I know it was an interceptor because I could see that the, there used to be a Montana State Patrol decal on it. It was black. It was really a fucking cool looking car. When we had the Explorer, or when, I'm sorry, when we had the Taurus interceptors, we didn't have many of them and they were for a specific function. I wasn't super impressed by them, but they were okay. I don't know if it was just that black one and just sitting next to my Vic. I'm like, this is actually kind of a decent looking patrol car because it almost, maybe it was the light. I don't know. It almost looked like a Vic. So maybe I was too hard on the, the you know, the sedan interceptors. I don't even know if they still make them. The, you're talking about the Taurus and all that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had a, well, I don't know if this will dox me or not. Y'all don't dox yourself. I had a buddy who drove one for a while. We'll just put it that way. And uh, he absolutely loved it. And I'm just a bigger guy. And I fucking hated it. Yeah, I'm a big dude. And when I drove it, I didn't, I don't remember feeling uncomfortable in it. So I don't know. But, you know, year to year they change. But I, I don't know. I don't know. But then I, I see the, and maybe it was just because it was black. It looked better. But the uh, the white ones, you know, I, I know some agencies still use them. I see it in the news. And I'm like, eh, yuck. Doesn't look right. But right. now the moment that we've all been waiting for, Rushmore, have you ever shit your pants? I have, actually. Is it a story that you want to tell on this podcast? Uh, absolutely, because it'll be funny. Because the person i did it with will actually listen to this so wait what um, yeah this so like a, a shiza story or anything is it no no um so they threw me as an as i ended up being an fto and i was training this guy and got in the passenger seat and we get about 30 minutes into my shift and i go to like fart real quick you know and that was an instant fucking mistake because it wasn't a fart. And I had to embarrassingly tell my trainee to drive me to my house so I could go fucking change myself. And uh, it was quite funny. I ended up laughing the whole way because it fucking was not very comfortable. And it was probably about a 30, 45 minute drive back home. Did that ruin your relationship with the guy you were training? No, because uh, he told me he's done it before as well. So. <laughs> see what we're doing here folks we're humanizing it if you shit your pants every day go to the doctor okay but if you you know do something and you know you what how do i want to articulate this if you if you you know let something slip by and it was an accident literally shit happens sometimes there's no need to be embarrassed by it we all do it if pooping your pants was cool I would be Miles Davis, okay? Absolutely. Well, buddy, I think we've we've come to the stunning conclusion of this very poorly made police podcast. Do you have any words of wisdom for the millions of listeners out there? 
Um, the only thing I'd have to say is uh, the key to police longevity I learned from my dad was uh, stay in your lane. Um, sometimes things don't go your way, um, but just always remember what, what and why you're doing it. And uh, just uh, remember to always do your job and best your ability. Stay in your lane. If you don't mind me asking, is your uh, dad still in law enforcement? He's not. He actually retired back in 2002. Good for him. How many years did he do? 29 years. 29 years. Good for him, man. That's that's quite a fucking career. Did he, when you said that you wanted to be a cop, what did he think about that? He supported it. He uh, absolutely supported it. And uh, in fact, it was really cool. I grew up right in his patrol or in his uh, passenger seat. And uh, last year I was able to take him out on a ride along and he was riding in my passenger seat. So, and he, I, he, he, I could tell he had a, the time of his freaking life out there. That is one thing that I'm really glad happened before I left. It happened a few years before uh, I left my department, but my dad came out on a ride along and it was cool because same thing, man, I went on fucking ride alongs with him when I was a kid and it was neat for, you know, neat to have that experience. I know I don't think everybody gets that opportunity. So I'm glad you had that too. It was definitely a, a cool, like a full coming of age or whatever. Uh, to be able to experience that's for sure coming this winter on lifetime original movies a coming of age film <laughs> a young deputy in south dakota covered in <laughs> buffalo pies i don't know that took a weird turn but would you tell your kid now this is off script now but now looking forward you know because you mentioned that you have kiddos would you encourage or discourage your kiddos the become law enforcement or to become cops um if it stays the way it's staying and you know south dakota uh low-key i would absolutely love for my kids to be cops um i think that'd be really really cool um but i also would support them if they decided not to because it's definitely a stressful job and you don't get to do a lot of the things that some other people get to experience while you're doing it so yeah that's something um I haven't thought about a lot, but, you know, my kids are getting a little bit older. I mean, a long ways away, but, you know, in a decade, a lot of shit could fucking change. It could be way worse or it could be way fucking better. I don't know. I mean, I, if you asked me today, I wouldn't discourage them, but I also wouldn't encourage them. I would tell them. Right. That and that I think that's kind of a hard thing as a parent sometimes is what, what's the line of let's get philosophical. You want to get philosophical, even though I told you we were done. Absolutely. Let's do it. Fucking do it. Where is the line of like encouraging, discouraging, or just stating facts, like uh, being non-biased? I, I feel like for most things, I don't know. I guess I look at it like in life, like you just facts, be fucking factual. I think sometimes in this world, we're too emotional about things. We don't think about things logically. And so I've I've tried to do that with my kids, but we're all human beings too. And we have our, our biases. Are you excited about something like, oh yeah, well, you fuckers are going to love Star Wars. That doesn't always work out. I've noticed whenever you push your kid into something, it doesn't always work out. I don't know, I don't know how old your kids are, if you've experienced that or not. Um, yeah, I have. Um, my oldest, he definitely has his own, uh, own interests, um, but his main interest is something that I'm interested in, in it as well. 
Um, but I think my youngest is going to be the one that's probably going to most likely be the one to go in my footsteps and kind of go more toward what I do and did. So he's a little hellion. I don't think any of my kids are going to be cops. I could be wrong. I could be totally off base, but I just, I don't know. I don't see it in any of them. I mean, maybe my two-year-old cause he likes police cars, but who's, who's fucking two and doesn't love police cars. I don't know. Absolutely. I mean, I'm my, fucking... uh, my son calls it a wee woo. Oh yeah. I, I'm actually, I'm wearing a super trooper shirt today and it has a car ramrod on it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. When uh, my little one woke up for this morning, saw the shirt, and he's like, wee-woo, wee-woos, wee-woos. So, and then every time he <laughs> saw the shirt, he proceeded to tell me that there's wee-woos on my shirt. Thanks a lot, buddy. Thank you yeah, for letting absolutely. me know. <laughs> Dude, welcome. we don't deserve fucking kids, man. What fucking happened to us, man? Kids are so fucking innocent and great, and then we turn into disgusting, filthy, terrible pieces of shit as human beings as we grow up. That was a little dark. No, I, I 100% agree, man. I, uh, the best feeling, honestly, even like during a, a bad day is coming home and the kids always come up and hug you and say whatever comes to their little minds. But it's just pure innocence, man. And it's good to finally see sometimes, you know, because our job is most of the time seeing the negative side of society. But then being able to see the pure innocence of children is actually really, really relieving. It is like sometimes, you know, it, it's not like woe is me, but it, it can be tough to be, you know, stay at home parent and, you know, doing this and, you know, I'll be like editing a podcast and it'll come jump on me and I'm like, ah, fuck, I got to get this done. But then I'm like, ah, fucking, it don't matter, man. My kid's more important. This is, I can, this is, this is doable. I can, what, what's that fucking TikTok that was YouTube or God, I feel like Biden. I can't talk. What was that? Um, <laughs> Was it like some. I don't know. There was like, I could get used to this was like the, uh, you know, the TikTok or the reels thing. I mean, that's, it is what it is. I mean, like the, I, I've preached this before on the podcast a long time ago, man, kids grow up really, really fucking fast. And before you know it, they're going to be out of your house and you only have so much time to be a good positive influence. And there's a lot of fucking shitty stuff going on in the world. So be a good positive influence on your kids. Don't be an alcoholic that, drinks and makes a podcast in your basement that's probably not the best influence as long as you're there for your kids man that's all that matters yep that's that is all that matters because you know it's it <laughs> what is happening right now but <laughs> if you look at like the an, animal kingdom right like i mean i, I know we're animals but what, what is everybody trying to do they're fucking trying to survive and let you know the next generation to grow and then you know they get they move forward. That's what, you know, once you have kids, like that's your fucking job is to raise your kids and have good human beings. And it's apparent that we have some really bad human beings. And I, I don't even say some of these people in people in power are bad. Maybe they're just misguided, but we've, there's been some failures of, of children that mean there turns into failures of adults and it's just a vicious cycle. So uh, I don't want to sound like a fucking billboard on a bad part of town, but be a good dad. Well, buddy, Thanks for uh, thanks for getting real with me for a minute, man. And you know what's no fucked up is you know we're we're talking about you know our dads and and you know getting to go on ride-alongs with them and shit. I actually just got a message from somebody said he just lost his dad. who was a twenty-year street cop. Oh shit, man! So again, and we're getting a little real here, but let's 
things are dark and uh crazy shit's going on but just remember what's important man you know say i love you to the fucking people that matter in your life people that don't matter in your life don't make it a shitty world for them be a good person don't be a piece Absolutely. of shit yep. so. all right well uh with that said i think we're done here buddy i appreciate you i appreciate you doing everything you do to protect the the national monument and where team america world police sleeps at night (laughs) thank you for your service thanks for doing the shit in the guard man it's important stuff we need more people to step up and do that so thanks for letting me uh come on here and have my say so well you guys know what to do i don't want a real job i kind of do actually if we're being honest no i'm gonna cut that out um (laughs) I want to keep this, this thing going, man. I need all the help I can get because Facebook and Instagram are continually fucking me. So if you guys like the podcast, you guys like the page, you guys like the YouTube channel, tell a friend, tell your baby mama, tell whoever, just spread the word and keep this fucking thing going. And of course, uh, I got to make money to pay the bills. So you guys know what to do. Take care of the sponsors that are awesome and support this podcast. You can be a monthly donor to the podcast. You just click the link at the end. And you can donate a couple bucks. It really helps out. And of course, I got all kinds of merch. Uh, I should have some new coins and some patches and all kinds of fun shit coming out. So keep doing the things you guys do to support the the, the page and all that good stuff. So with that said, um, remember, it's all bullshit. And I love most of you. Bye-bye.